some of my employees at times have said, Michael, you're just never satisfied. <laughs> well, well, that's because I always want to improve and get better. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that's, uh, I think helped us, you know, we're just you know, constantly improving our training and in everything that we do. Welcome to the San Antonio Business and Real Estate Podcast, where you'll find intelligence and inspiration to fuel your success. Welcome to the San Antonio Business and Real Estate Podcast. This is episode 002. I'm your host, Benjamin Sanders, and today we are talking about commercial real estate with Michael Bull. He's the founder and CEO of Bull Realty. He's an active commercial real estate advisor and has assisted clients with over $6 billion in transactions over his 35-year career. You may know Michael as host of America's Commercial Real Estate Show. The popular weekly show began broadcasting in 2010 and today is heard by millions of people around the country. Michael is also a national speaker and senior instructor with Commercial Agent Success Strategies, which provides powerful cloud-based video training for successful commercial real estate brokers. Well, let's go ahead and bring him on. Well, Michael Bull, welcome to the show today. Well, thank you, Benjamin. Yes, sir. I am a big fan. I listen to uh, America's Commercial Real Estate Show all the time, so it's a big honor to have you on my show. Uh, Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, Michael, talk to our listeners a little bit about, you know, where it all started. How did you get into the commercial real estate industry? Well, when I was going to school at Georgia State at night, uh, I needed to work. (laughs) So I I, uh, luckily found a job renting apartments at a little company that bought uh, apartments and... uh, uh, fixed them up a little bit and cash flowed them. So I learned how to uh, buy apartments, renovate them, lease them, maintain them uh, at an early age. Um, got my license when I was 19. Um, started realizing I could uh, do better selling commercial real estate than managing it pretty quickly. Uh, so at a 23, I became a full-time commission-only uh, investment sales broker with a focus mainly on multifamily at the time. Uh, so that's kind of how I got my start was uh, – Kind of doing the management and kind of the ownership kind of view of the properties, and uh, and then then selling. And I really enjoyed it because I, I like working with people, and adding value to people, and uh, you know having a a business that kind of gets you out of the office. Yeah, absolutely. That seems like it would be a great career to be able to go out, interact with people, and see real assets in person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So then, what is uh, what's been the most challenging aspect of being in the commercial real estate space? Well, I, I don't know. It's it's been uh, it's been very fun. You know, I started when I was nineteen, and and uh, I'm uh, up in age now. <laughs> so I started Bull Realty, uh, headquartered in Atlanta, twenty two years ago. So now I have thirty five brokers here, uh, each with different specialties. Um, and uh, we're, I'm licensed as a broker in nine southeast states. Um, so we've grown a pretty big uh, brokerage operation. And, uh, you know, I think the challenges are basically, uh, you know, getting exclusive assignments is kind of what we work on mainly every day. Then, you know, once you get the exclusive assignments at the right price, then it's, you know, it's an easier process. Uh, of course, you want to have a lot of skills uh, in negotiation, you know, time management, sales, accounting, uh, law, um, you know, renovation, construction, you know, there's a lot of, uh, things you want to, you know, continue to hone when you're a commercial real estate broker. Um, but, uh, I guess, you know, getting those exclusive assignments is, 
kind of where the gold is for an investment sales broker. Why is it so important to secure those exclusive assignments as opposed to, um, you know, maybe being signing that buyer's rep? Well, because uh, in most every market throughout all the cycles, there's always a lot of buyers. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of buyers in the market right now, uh, and there's always a lot of buyers. Uh, so having a buyer uh, is great, uh, but you know, is that the buyer that would pay the most uh, in the market? That's most aggressive. Are they reasonable? They move quickly. Um, do you know if that's what you have there or not? But if you have a seller that you know wants to sell, then you are, you know, you're in the catbird seat. Then, then you're you're driving the bus. You have a seller that you know wants to sell, uh, and then you can pretty much count on having uh, a closing. Uh, plus, you don't have the myriad of problems that you have trying to do something off market or when you're just working with the buyer. Um, you just don't have near as much control over anything. I see. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You're kind of in the driver's seat, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, Michael, I know you've closed a lot of deals over your past. You said almost 35 years, was it? Yeah, 35 years, $6 billion in closed sales. Yeah, $6 billion. Because uh, I know in your intro we said $5 billion, but we'll have to revise that to 6 <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I know you've closed a lot of deals. Is there any specific deal that stands out as one that you're particularly proud of? You know, that's a good question, Benjamin. And, and I think the ones I'm most proud of, I think, are the ones where you have to use some ingenuity and some creativity. Um, one of the things I really like to do is, is follow my friends uh, at uh, some of the big shops when the, they have an exclusive assignment and can't sell it. Um, they don't move it and they can come in behind them at the same list price and take it to market. Uh, we did one that was an office building. It was a small office building. It was about $8 million, and uh, it was exclusively listed by some of the biggest uh, companies in the world. Um, between the two companies, they got one unacceptable offer. We took it to market and got, I think, about 12 offers in three weeks. And the owner of the property was just couldn't believe it. It was, you know, he's been a client for life now. So I do like following other brokers when they can't move something. Um, you know, obviously you want to make sure that the, the property is properly priced when you do that to make it successful. Um, but, you know, and, and some other deals I've done where I just had to get real creative um, and use deal experience and creativity to, to make things happen. Because mm -hmm. I know I uh, was listening to one of your stories about how, you know, there was a couple that was trying to buy their dream ranch and you basically had to like work every aspect of the deal down the line and come back to, to the original closing. And that was, oh, yeah. a, that was a great story. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a fun one. You know, it, uh, in brevity, it was, I had an investment property sale, had a, a buyer. So remember that when I had a, I had a buyer that wanted it, they couldn't close quick enough for the seller. So I brought in an interim investor to buy it. Um, and then resell it to to the user I was selling it to, uh, but then the price had to be lower. Seller couldn't reduce the price because they were buying a farm, so I had to go to the person selling the farm and renegotiate that deal. They said, "Well, we can't renegotiate it because we're in arrears in our loan, and this is our loan payoff." So I had to go to their lender, renegotiate their payoff and release, um, and all that to close really what, it, what started as one deal. Um, but you know that that that's just a good example of just going beyond and and helping people and asking questions and make sure that you're doing everything you can to help everybody involved in a transaction to get it done. Sure, and you met a lot of resistance in each step. You know, I know you went to 
this step and met resistance and that step and met resistance. And a lot of people would just say, okay, cool. Well, this deal's not going to work. I'm going to move on to something that will. But, you know, it's kind of the cliche. It's not, you know, oh, what, what is the saying actually now that I forget it? It's, it's not if it can be done, but how, right? You know, how can <laughs> right. we make this work instead of kind of just moving on to something else? Right. If you have a seller that wants to sell and a buyer that wants to buy, you know, I think it's the broker's job to see if it can get done and make sure you're working it to get it done in a way that's on top of the table. That's not that's not hurting anyone. Certainly nothing that's frauding a bank uh, or a new lender. Uh, and so there's just a lot of creative ways. Uh, one of my videos I, I created commercial was was on creative ways to sell properties. And I go over several just different creative ideas to help help sell deals and uh, that's one of the real popular uh, videos um, at cast yeah, yeah yeah absolutely thank you for touching on that so michael you talked a little bit about your business bull realty um i want to talk about some of the big lessons you've learned in scaling and building that business over the years yeah i guess i'm still learning and i think that's one of the big things is to make sure you're continually learning and you're continually trying to grow and improve you know my mission uh at my shop now for 22 years is you know i started it with two main missions one to have the best disposition marketing in the country and the other was to be known for integrity and those are the things that, that kind of keep us going every day and then then also want to have the best place for any agents to work throughout their entire career so we continually improve the company, the, the office, the location, the marketing, the systems, the support, the research, um, the, the social, just everything about the company the, on the company side, the staff side and my side. We're continually improving everything all the time so that, you know, if, if an agent wants to live in Atlanta and do commercial real estate, that's the best place for them to be, better than hanging their own shingle, better than being in any small shop or any large shop. Um, so I think when you have that continual improvement and you continually work on that and you're just, some of my employees at times have said, Michael, you're just never satisfied. <laughs> well, well, that's because I always want to improve and get better. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that's, uh, I think helped us, you know, we're just you know, constantly improving our training and in everything that we do. And I know, you know, with kind of agents coming up in the business, there's always that transitionary point to where, hey, I need to hire someone because this is getting to be too much for me. Like, What for you was that point where you said, hey, I need to scale, I need to get more people on board to help me do these deals? Well, I think one of the things that agents typically do is wait too long uh, to get their first assistant. And I remember as a young agent, I did really well. And I remember when I was hiring my first assistant, I thought, you know what? I really need their annual salary in a separate bank account, sitting there earmarked for them so that I feel comfortable and they do that they're going to get paid. Big mistake. <laughs> you know, d don't wait for, and make excuses like that. There's plenty of people, if you tell them honestly what your situation is, um, that would love to work with you and work for you. Um, so I think people need to get assistance and figure out their time management issues. And I found pretty quickly that what I need to do every day is be with buyers and sellers of properties, either in person or on the phone. So I ended up hiring a first assistant, a second assistant, a third assistant, and their job was to help me do just that. You know, don't don't have me doing the research and the CRM and, you know, the underwriting. Help help don't have me do the marketing and the mailing and the emailing and you know, help help me just be in front of buyers and sellers all the time because that's where my talent is and that's where I'm most valuable. So I think if you constantly look at that 
you'll know when it's time to do something. You might find this interesting. I was getting my CRB designation for managing real estate companies. And one of the professors said uh, um, an agent came into his office one day, brand new, and said, tell me about these agents who hire assistants and build a team. And he said, well, most agents, they, they wait till they're in a business a few years you know, before they, they bring on an assistant. And the prospect looked at him and, he's, and he turned his head and said, why would they do that? <laughs> and, uh, and the manager said, well, that's just normally what they do. He hired two assistants immediately, brand new to the business, Benjamin. And he started kicking behind right away. He's running his business like a business. Right. You know, you have the training, have invest in your business, invest in training, invest in good people, and, and run it like a business. It's going to grow faster and, and, and help more people. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. I think it is a business. It's not just a job, but it's a true business. And I think that can apply to really any smaller, larger businesses out there. When you need help, identify that and get it early and often. Yeah, and surround yourself with uh, good people. Absolutely, and take care of and those keep, people. Can, and, yeah, and continue to train them. Right, gotcha. Okay, so Michael, getting into kind of the investment side. Okay, so say I'm, a, I'm an investor, I'm a potential investor. I want to get into commercial real estate investing. You know, I like the income side of investing in commercial real estate. You know, what would be some of the advice that you would give someone that's interested in investing in commercial real estate? Well, I think the first thing I do is, is ask them about their other investments uh, and their background um, and, you know, make sure that they are diversified. Um, I know I had a gentleman come to me and, and uh, he wanted me to invest uh, $600,000 cash for his mother. Uh, and he wanted me to be the general partner and just have her invest with me in a deal. And I started asking questions about, you know, her other investments. He said, oh, this is this is everything. This is the 600 is everything she has. And I'm like, no, 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 no. She's not putting that in a piece all of All the eggs, yeah. All the eggs in yeah. one basket for sure. And then sometimes I see people get started by uh, that haven't invested in commercial real estate uh, before. Uh, to invest in single tenant net lease investment properties where there's one tenant, long-term lease, national credit. Uh, there's not a lot of moving parts. It's easy to figure out pretty pretty quickly. I still would use a broker that, that focuses on single tenant net lease properties because there's devil in the details. But that's a good investment property that doesn't take any of your time uh, because it's nothing to do after you acquire it. Sure. Uh, so I think that's a good place to start for people who are, are trying to get a good start. Another thing I would say is if, if you have a property sector in, in mind, price range in mind, you have a general area in mind, is find the brokers who are focused on that. You know, most good commercial brokers are very focused on a sector, uh, at, at least if they're doing the larger deals. And so if you build relationships with them, uh, and then learn that market as an investor. Study that market. Study the sold property. Study the sold properties you looked at that sold. What did they sell for? What are the prices per square foot? What are the cap rates? What are the market rents? What are the rents per square foot? Are, how are the rents and prices trending? What's going on in that market that's going to impact the property? New supply, um, new jobs uh, growth, uh, opens, closures, other developments. And study the market so you know a good deal. You know something and you can move on it. And then build those relationships with the brokers. Let them know that you are capable, um, that you have the equity, that you, you've done your research and will know a good deal. Because one of the frustrating things for a broker is I have a good deal for you. I show it to you, but you don't have enough confidence. You haven't looked at enough market information to feel comfortable to move forward as a new investor. 
So I always like try to educate uh, investors if they're not very ex- real experienced. Let's first just get you an education on the market so that you know what you're doing. Right. And that puts you in a big advisory position. So I know you can build a lot of trust that way too. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you're helping people out and you get them into properties and things that are, that are worthwhile uh, and, and are good for them in particular. Um, you know, I remember having a, an entire list of properties that I'm marketing and have an investor say, well, which one should I buy? Which one's the best deal? And I said, well, that depends on you. Sure. You know, do you, what's your credit, what's your risk tolerances and your equity? And, um, you know, do you want to be hands on? Do you need a property management? Do you want stable or uh, properties, core assets? Do you want value add? Do you want opportunistic? Do you know, you want something that has really heavy lift? So there's a lot of different opportunities out there. And I think you just got to find what's right for you as an investor. That makes perfect sense. So, Michael, we are one day away. So tomorrow is New Year's Eve, and we'll be <laughs> going into 2020. So if we can just get out our crystal balls real quick, uh, you know, what do you see the commercial real estate market you know, moving forward into 2020? You know, I know there's a lot of uncertainty with the election and, and some of the other economic factors. What's your impression of the market going forward? You know, I think when you look at the market overall, uh, it's going to be fairly stable. I, I don't see a lot of changes going on in 2020. I don't see a lot of interest rate changes. Uh, I don't see a lot of cap rate changes. I don't see a lot of uh, things going on. I think it's an election year. There's, there's not going to be a lot of changes. Um, and, you know, all the economists that I talk to in an interview are kind of saying the same thing. They don't really expect a whole lot of things to be different moving forward. Now, of course, real estate is local and, and sector uh, specific and class specific, um, as you know. So obviously, you want to look at the sector, the property type, the size and, and, and of the property and where it's located um, and, and look at what's going to what's going to impact that particular property, whether you're trying to make a decision to buy or sell or, or hold. Um, but I think it's going to be kind of steady as we go in 2020. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's what I've been hearing mostly. And that's kind of what I was expecting to hear. And so, yeah, I appreciate your feedback on that. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good year for commercial real estate folks and multifamily. Well, good. Glad to hear it. Well, Michael, it's been fun. Where can people, you know, reach and get more information from you and your services? Yeah. Um, so if they're interested in, in commercial agent training, uh, my website's commercialagentsuccess.com. You know, if they're interested in hearing about the commercial real estate market nationally and trends, um, my show is thecommercialrealestateshow.com, also CREshow.com. And then my company is Bull Realty, which you can find at bullrealty.com. And my phone numbers and emails are, are very available. I'm very accessible uh, through any of those uh, websites. And, uh, uh, hey, really appreciate uh, being on the show, Benjamin. Absolutely. It's been an absolute honor, Michael, and I uh, appreciate you being on the show. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Happy New Year. You too. Well, there you have it. The interview with the Michael Bull. I enjoyed it. I hope you did too and learned a little bit about commercial real estate brokerage and a little bit about the market moving forward. I thoroughly enjoyed talking with Michael today. So don't forget to go to the website at saberpodcast.com. Again, that's S-A-B-R-E podcast.com. Uh, Check out the podcast, subscribe, review, leave comments, ratings, everything, and share it. Let your friends know. And again, leave me feedback on what you want to hear, who you want me to talk to. 
because again, I'm here for you. All right, we'll see you next time on the San Antonio Business and Real Estate Podcast.